Voices are exotic Dancers enter one by one Make love to all of your orifices In your seduction Hello and welcome to Ear Seduction. I'm your host, Paul Schilling. In this episode, I'm going to walk you through the step-by-step process of coming to a sound moral conclusion. This is the final episode of this series, so if you've made it this far, thank you. Let's dive right in. The first step in coming to a sound moral conclusion is to identify that we have a moral problem to solve. Not every question is a moral question. So in order to utilize this system correctly, we must first identify if your question or issue is a moral one. The best way to determine that we are dealing with a moral issue is to consider the moral continuum. That is, does this decision cause either suffering or flourishing to humanity? If the answer is yes, then you have identified that your issue is a moral issue, and thus, you can proceed to the next step. One thing to keep in mind during this first step is that almost any question you might consider can be viewed as a moral question. That is because you are a human being, engaged in human activities that interact with many other human beings. Thus, just about anything you might be considering likely has a moral implication. Not only that, but any resources you possess may be rerouted into moral causes. So instead of buying a new pair of shoes, you could donate that money to help feed the hungry. When you start to realize just how much of what you do affects humanity, this entire endeavor starts to become overwhelming. So as an antidote to fatalism, I encourage you to proceed in the following way. Start by focusing on a question that matters to you personally. Just to get started, no matter how minor, make your next decision by utilizing this process. So if it is literally just a pair of shoes, engage in this process for determining the best use of your money so that you get the best shoes, morally speaking. Then, after you've engaged with this process, tackle a big issue, abortion, capital punishment, the treatment of African Americans, our prison system, human rights, etc. Again, pick something that matters to you and start gathering the evidence that is going to help you make your moral decision. To build a science of morality, you have to start somewhere. And it really doesn't matter much where you start as long as you engage with this process and get your first sound moral conclusion. No matter where you start, I encourage you to reconsider your thoughts and actions and take some time to look at them through this moral lens. You may find that you can come to a sound moral decision regarding an issue that you never even considered a moral issue previously. And even more importantly, you can reevaluate your current moral positions regarding race, sexuality, religion, murder, bodily autonomy, and ground them in evidence and science to ensure that you have the correct moral position on the most important and pressing moral issues. Once you've determined that you are dealing with a moral issue, the next step is to orient yourself correctly by recalling the Schilling Standard. Do unto others as they would have you do unto them. This provides us with the correct starting position for our moral investigation. 
specifically that we are going to need to review evidence and that the answer to our moral question is not necessarily going to be our answer. At this time, it may be helpful to engage in some introspection in order to determine what is our answer. Without assessing any of the evidence, what does our moral intuition suggest that the answer might be? Then write it down. And think about that answer for a moment. Recognize that it is possible for you to be incorrect, and that by the end of this process, you may be required to change your answer for you to maintain your intellectual honesty, integrity, and to demonstrate your maturity. Lastly, is your answer in accordance with the golden rule or the shilling standard? That is, does your answer include you as a member of the in-group? Or are you prescribing an answer onto another group to which you do not belong? If you recall, the Schilling Standard requires that you always include yourself as a member of the group to which you are prescribing the moral edict. That way, you are encouraging yourself to answer the moral question in an honest way. Again, it never matters how you think others should be treated. What matters is how others want to be treated and how you'd want to be treated if you found yourself as a member of that group. With these concepts in mind, it's time to move on to step three. Step three is where we conduct research to identify evidence that we will then put into human data sets. As we do this, it's important to keep in mind that we need to collect at least two human data sets. One filled with objective moral data and the other filled with subjective moral data. The objective moral data should be gathered from the sciences relating to human physiology, psychology, neurology, medicine, biology, and any other relevant scientific fields. By engaging with the hard sciences, we ensure that we are utilizing objective facts that will then guide us and provide us with an objective standard. Please note that these data should be peer-reviewed and cited. Next, we will build a subjective moral data set. These data will consist of how human beings want to be treated as members of the group we are considering. It's best if these data is taken from that group directly, just like my previous example where we pulled data from inmates currently serving time on death row. If we cannot find data collected from people within the group we are assessing, then the next best thing is subjective data gathered from others using the Schilling standard. Let's use an example to clarify. Let's say that our moral question is, quote, should gays be allowed to get married, unquote. The best data to answer this question would be procured from gay people. Their answers follow the Schilling standard and give us a data set filled with answers of how gay people want to be treated. In lieu of this data set, we would be best off changing the question to, quote, do you have the right to get married, unquote. The data set that this question produces would be filled with answers of how each individual person wants to be treated in relation to marriage and drops the gay distinction altogether. Here again, we utilize the Schilling standard so that we get the best data available 
that is subjective data that can be aggregated to provide us with objective facts regarding how humanity wants to be treated, in this case, in relation to marriage. Once we've collected the human data sets with both objective moral facts and subjective moral facts, then we are ready for the fourth step, to aggregate and query the data to determine the answer. Once our query returns the answer, we are ready to make our decision. So there we have it. The basis for a sound, evidence-based moral system. A system that, when used, will help humanity build a science of morality. This science of morality will provide us with a theory of human rights, a vast database filled with human data sets, a catchy slogan called the Schilling Standard, and a foundation from which we can build upon to connect all of the humanities. In the next episode, I'm going to start my next series. I haven't figured out exactly which series I'm going to start, but currently I'm choosing between a few that I've been developing over the past few years. This indecision may require an extra week of thought and preparation, so if I don't publish next week, that is why. That's also why this episode is published so late in the week. I do apologize for the delay. Thank you very much for completing this series with me. If you'd like to contribute to this series, ask questions, or provide feedback, you may contact me at earseductionpodcast at gmail.com or you can leave a comment or write a review. Thank you, and this has been Ear Seduction.